Chapter 25 Containment failure in 2 minutes and 50 seconds. Have a nice day. <laughs> Visor 3 laughed. Water rushing in, and you're stuck in that weak human body, Visor 1. Is that my promotion I see coming? Visor 1 was red with rage, but she turned and ran toward the office building. Yes. You'd better hurry and turn off your computer! Visor 3 crowed. If you are able! These Andalites are devils with computers, you know! <laughs> Containment failure in 2 minutes and 40 seconds. Have a nice day. I was off and running. A bloody Jake saw me coming. Rachel was just tossing a crumpled Horkbajir aside. Nice of you to drop by, Marco. She said. Did you at least get rid of Visser 1 for us? No, I said curtly. You okay? Jake asked me privately. No, I'm not. But what we have to focus on is getting out of here. Just then, down from the sky, something huge plummeted toward us. Something huge and poison yellow, aiming right for Axe. Axe, look out! Visor 3's massive jaws opened wide, ready to snap the Andalite up, but Axe dodged nimbly aside. I am not human, Marco. It's not so easy to sneak up on me, Axe said calmly. Containment failure in 2 minutes and 10 seconds. Have a nice day. Visor 3 reared back up and aimed once more for Axe. This time, the massive head came down faster. Axe jumped left and tried to whip his tail at the creature's head, but he tripped. One hoof caught on a piece of debris. He lurched. He stumbled. Got you! Visor 3 cried in glee. The jaws closed around Axe! But then, with Axe literally in his mouth, Visor 3 stopped suddenly. He stopped because a very large, very angry grizzly had just grabbed his midsection. Let him go, Rachel growled. Let him go, or I'll rip you in two. I was shocked that she was speaking to Visor 3, but I guess she had no choice. The Visor kept his jaw still. He could have chopped Axe in half, but he didn't. It's a standoff, Andalite, Visor 3 said. You have me, and I have your fellow terrorist here. But the water will be pouring in soon and you'll drown in that body. Let him go, Rachel said and tightened her grip till her claws drew yellow and green ooze from the punctures in the snake body. I guess we have a negotiation here, the visor said. I stepped in close, took careful aim at the snake head, drew back my arm, powered my massive bunched muscles in my neck and shoulders, put 400 pounds of weight into it, and punched the visor in the nose. Negotiate this, I said, as my fist met the squishy soft snake snout. The visor's snake eyes flew open. His jaws flew open. He sort of hovered for a few seconds. 
Then, his head hit the ground. He slithered, mostly unconscious, back into the water. A trail of green ooze marked where he'd been. Axe himself was covered with the same disgusting green slime. Thank you, he said calmly. Containment failure in one minute and thirty seconds. Have a nice day. We have to get out of here, I yelled. Tobias flopped up off the head of a screaming hork Time to bail, boys and girls! Containment failure suspended at 1 minute and 40 seconds. Have a nice day. What? It's Visser 1! Cassie said, loping over to us, a wolf who had been through a bad half hour. She was cut in more places than I could count. You should have finished her off when you had the chance, Marco! Rachel raged. Now I'll have to take care of it. She lowered her humongous furry bulk to the ground and went barreling away on all fours, back toward the building. Axe ran with her, his deadly tail held high. Marco, you know what they're going to do, Jake said urgently. I nodded my thick gorilla head. Yeah, Jake, I know. It's your call, Jake said neutrally. Yeah. I just stood there, frozen, as Rachel and Axe reached the door of the building. Jake, you and Cassie and Tobias morph, okay? I have to go and... I don't know. Go, Jake said. We'll have gills within a minute. Marco? Yeah? Do what's right. Forget about what anybody thinks. Do what's right. That's my friend Jake. That's his answer to anything, I guess. Do what's right. And somehow, he always seems to know what that is. Or at least he thinks he does. Jake's a natural hero. Heroes always know what's right. Me? I'm a comedian. All I know is what's funny and what isn't. Chapter 26 I found them in her office. That's where she had gone to override the computer. She stood, defiant, behind her desk, with a handheld Dracon beam. She fired! The blazing hot beam of light burned a neat semicircle out of Rachel's right shoulder. She bellowed in pain. Visser 1 turned the Dracon beam on Axe. Whap! Axe's tailblade was too fast for me to see, but I saw the gash on Visser 1's human arm and I saw the Dracon beam drop. Rachel was on her in a flash. Grizzlies can be very fast when they need to be, or when they are mad. And Rachel was mad. Her sheer momentum knocked Visser 1 sprawling across the room. And when she tried to stand up, Rachel was over her. It was no contest. Bear against human. Morphed bear against human controller. It was hopeless. Visser 1 might as well have been a ragdoll. With one sweeping blow of her daggered paw, Rachel could knock Visser One's head from her shoulders. No! I yelled. Rachel swiveled her head and stared at me with nearsighted bear eyes. Shut up, Marco! I said no! Don't do it! She's a yerk Visser! Axe pointed out calmly. No! I said again. She's my mother! It seemed like a very long time 
during which no one moved. Visitor 1, my mother, had heard nothing, of course. I had thought spoken only to Rachel and Axe. Your mother's dead, Rachel said. No, I thought she was. This is her. Or was her. And maybe will be again someday if... If she lives. Rachel hesitated. Then, almost angrily, but really with very little force for a bear, she tossed my mother's body aside. Thanks, I said. But Axe was not so easily convinced. Marco, she remains a danger to us. Maybe not, I said. Look. I pointed to the big round window that looked out into the sea. There, just beyond the glass bubble, was a monstrous yellow serpent. Visser 3. He saw us spare her life, I said. How do you think Visser 3 would interpret that? He'll think she's a traitor, Axe said instantly. It's what he wants to believe, and when he sees that we've let her live, it will be all the evidence he needs. I'm sorry, Marco, Rachel said. The violent frenzy of battle was drained from her now. I didn't know. Shut up, Xena, I said harshly. Hey, I'm trying to be nice. I know, so shut up. Axe had gone back to the computer. She's locked me out. It could take me ten minutes to bypass. The movement was just a blur out of the corner of my eye. I had no time to yell. I just saw Visser 1, my mother, grab the Dracon beam she had dropped. She rolled with it, brought it up, and aimed it squarely at Rachel. Too far away to grab her! Instinct took over. Not gorilla instinct, but human instinct. The lightning-quick, intelligent, and ruthless decision-making that allowed Homo sapiens to rule over all other animals. I snatched up a chair. It was heavy, steel and leather and I flung it with all the power in my gorilla arms. I meant to throw it at my mother. I missed. Or maybe I meant to miss. Maybe I'll never know for sure. But the chair flew fast and hard. It hit the bubble window. Crunch! The glass wasn't shattered, only cracked. But the pressure of the water beyond was too great. It began to seep and then spray through. My mother flinched. The Dracon Beam missed. Rachel reacted swiftly, slapping Visser 1 with the back of her paw. A nasty blow, but not a fatal one. That window is going to break! Axe yelled. We have to get out of here! Rachel yelled. Now, now, now! I have to save her! I cried. Run, you idiot, or no one will be saved! Rachel cried. The window exploded inward. It was like standing with your face two inches from a fire hose. The power of the water was insane. It was like getting hit by a log. I was instantly knocked off my feet, swirling and swirling in the insane, foaming avalanche of water. The room was a tornado. Water whipped everything around in a spiral. And then something long and bright yellow came shooting into the room. Visser 3! 
The sudden suction had overwhelmed him and drawn him in, like lint being sucked by a vacuum cleaner. The office door popped out like a cork. Rachel, Axe, me, and Visser 3's huge serpent morph went flying down the hall. It was like we'd been shot out of a cannon. Down the hallway, as the walls collapsed outward. Whoosh! Out through the annihilated wall of the building. The water spread out a little then, and I could see where I was. I looked for her, and saw her floating face down a hundred yards away. I tried to swim to her, but the current was too powerful. Morph! Rachel yelled. But I had already begun. I was halfway to human again. I saw Rachel, still mostly bare, go spinning by. I caught a glimpse of something with pebbly green and yellow skin moving easily through the raging tidal wave. Its tentacles seemed perfectly designed for resisting the current. The Lyran! He was heading for my mother. To save her? To destroy her? To capture her so that Visser 3 could enjoy watching her suffer? I don't know. Because I was swept into the dock and sank into the deep water. I gasped desperately for air, my human lungs on fire. And I searched for the shark inside me. Chapter 27 The sharks were waiting for us. The super hammerheads. They were there, circling the facility. I don't know how, but somehow they'd been put on alert. Or maybe the destruction of the facility just had them agitated. Here they come! Cassie warned. If you have ever wondered what fear looks like, I can draw you a picture. It's a dozen hammerhead sharks looking at you and grinning their evil, downturned hammerhead grins. On they came. And I didn't care. I didn't care. I wanted battle. I wanted pain. And I wanted to inflict pain. I wasn't the calm, emotionless shark. I was a boy who'd watched his mother die. Again. I didn't wait for the sharks to reach me. I kicked my elegant hammerhead tail and went for the nearest, biggest shark I could see. We closed like two colliding cars, face to face, hammer to hammer. I twisted my hammerhead and planed sideways, then twisted instantly back. My foe had tried to react, but he was only a smart shark, while I was a human. I knew how he would react, and I was ready. Too late, he saw my mouth open. Too late, he saw the rows of serrated triangles. I bit. I closed my jaws down with enough power to sever a leg. I ripped a chunk out of that shark and yelled, Yes! Yes! Come on and get some more! Marco, stop it! Jake yelled. I twisted till I was upside down, kicked, turned my head, and grabbed the tail of my opponent. I sawed my teeth and removed the upper lobe of the shark's tail. Marco, I said stop it! Suddenly, a shark body slammed into me. It knocked me sideways. My opponent swam away, definitely not interested in fighting anymore. I turned toward this new shark. It's me, Marco, Jake said. It's me. They're leaving. They've broken off. They've lost the signal from the facility, and they're escaping. I just stared at him, at the shark he was. It's over, Marco. Let's get out of here. The bloodlust faded. I looked around and saw the last of the engineered sharks heading away. 
Huge bubbles were erupting from the underwater facility. Explosions rocked the sea, like echoing hammer blows through the water. The hologram that disguised the facility shimmered and disappeared as we swam away from the absolute horror. We saw Visser 3, a distant yellow ribbon, snaking away. I felt a tingling, watery feeling in my head. The control chip was being liquidated. Axe had said it would happen when the facility's computer decided the end had come. The Yurks are good at destroying evidence. The chips and all the sharks were liquidating. No fisherman would ever catch a shark with alien technology in its head. They're done for, Cassie said. Hopefully at least Visser 1 didn't escape, Tobias said. I'd like to think she's down there, trying to figure out how to hold her breath right about now. It was the kind of thing I would have said. Jake and Axe were silent. I knew Jake would tell Cassie now. If he didn't, Rachel would. They would all know. Jake and Rachel and Axe already knew. They knew that my heart was ripping apart. They knew that I was crying. Or crying as well as any shark could. I had lost my mother once. Now I'd lost her again. Unless... I pictured the Lyran swimming toward her. Had she made it? No. It wasn't possible. We swam away. We swam toward shore, where we would be human once again, and go back to our lives. Back to home and homework. Back to saying goodnight to a picture of my mother. But nothing would ever be the same now. How could it be? They would all know. I felt the energy drain out of me. I was exhausted. Exhausted and defeated. I waited for someone to say something nice. Something sweet and comforting. Something that they would never have said to the old Marco. Hey, I just heard something, Rachel said. Mechanical. Like, hey, it's the same sound the sub made. That transparent sub. I heard its engines. I don't hear anything, Tobias argued. It's coming from over in this direction. Rachel said. Over closer to me. I didn't hear anything either. Maybe Rachel was just making it up. Maybe she was trying to give me some tiny hope to cling to. It didn't sound like something Rachel would do. But there are hidden depths to Rachel. There are times she'll surprise you. Thanks, Cena. I said. You know, if she had said, You're welcome. I'd have known it was a lie. That she hadn't heard a sub. That she was just trying to be nice. Thanks for what? For hearing that sub? For paying more attention than you, Marco? Rachel sneered in her usual Rachel sneer. You know, possibly the reason I notice more than you do, Marco, is that I don't use half my brain making up dumb jokes and the other half of my brain laughing at them. It was a pretty good shot. It made me laugh a little. I don't mind when the jokes are at my own expense. As long as they're funny. Was it true? Had my mother made it to the sub and escaped? I don't know, and I guess I wasn't totally sure what I wanted the truth to be. If she was gone, really, really gone, then I could be a normal person again. I could be sad and then put it behind me. I could be free. But if she was still alive, still trapped, 
then I was still trapped too. I still had to try and save her. I would still be a prisoner of hope. I'll ask you this just once more, and then never again, because I know how you are about people feeling sorry for you. Jake said privately so no one else could hear. Are you okay, Marco? Like I always say, you have to decide whether you think life is tragedy or comedy. I long ago decided to look for the joke in life. And now I had to decide whether, in my own mind, she was dead or still alive. Suddenly, I had this flash. This picture in my head. Me and her. Me and my mom. My real mom. Free. No longer a controller. It would be far in the future. Years from now, maybe. Me and her and my dad would sit down together and talk about how it had been. About all the stuff that had happened. All the secrets and despair. All the fear. All the anger and hopelessness. We'd remember it all. And then, slowly but surely, we'd talk less about how horrible it had all been. We'd start talking about the strange stuff. The weird stuff. The stuff we could laugh at, now that it was all over. See, it was my mom who taught me that the world was funny. And if she was alive, we'd maybe still get that day in the future to sit down and laugh together. I'm fine, Jake, I said, and I'll be better when she's free again. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and here we are at the end of another book. Thank you all so much for sticking with me on this grand old ride. Always just a super cool feeling when I get to finish a book, and I really enjoyed making this one, I think. Uh, This, more than some of the others, I think this was really fun for me. So, uh, I had fun, I hope you had fun, and on to bigger and better things. Uh, as usual, I'll try to get that super cut out later this week. And uh, I don't really have too much else here. So, you know, all the standard stuff. Please check out my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's apodcalypse. It's like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. It's got all my stuff on there. Uh, including, I have a, a rewatch podcast called Into the Radlands. That's uh, listed on my website. You can check it out. But we finished, me and my friend Jesse, who co-hosts, we finished uh, Into the Badlands, which is what that was originally about, and now we're rewatching Riverdale, which is a lot of fun. So, if you like Riverdale or was always interested, now's a good time to hop on and uh, come watch it with us, because it's a mess, and I love it. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. If you use Apple Podcasts and the spirit moves within you and you want to leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate that. Or, you know, if you want to just spread the good word about this podcast, I love getting uh, new listeners to help validate my ego as I make this. <laughs> but uh, that's all I have this week. So thank you again for listening, and I'll see you all next week with a brand new book. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>